Hey, this is Mohani Love from Let's Talk About It. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to Anchor FM to get started. Welcome to Mohani Love Show. Today I have Shanti Hershenson and she's a teenage author. Shanti, let's talk about it. Hi, thank you so much for having me. Oh, so, okay, tell me about school because I know that for you to be an author at 14, you're a great writer, right? I think so, yeah. School is it's all right. I um, we're doing we're doing poetry right now, so that's especially very fun for me because I love poetry. I love writing poetry. It's something that's easy, but it's both difficult because you got to get like the right kind of I don't know. In order to write a poem, it has to feel right. And yeah, I just finished a great poem for school and having a ton of fun. So, how, do they give you writing prompts to write your poems? Um, sometimes. Um, we had a we had a writing prompt about identity this time, and it was very interesting because. I don't know how to write, I I don't know how I feel about identity poems. Often I struggle with them, often I don't. I actually just wrote an identity poem about a fictional character from one of my books, but I was actually able to make one. Um, and it's about me, and it's about writing, and it's very fascinating. And and what, when it comes to the identity poems, do they, hi, who's that? <laughs> this is Eclipse. Eclipse? <laughs> hmm, let me guess why that's his name. I got it, I got it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, wow. So. Hi. Um, so, um, when you write about the identity poems, do they give you a certain identity to go by, or is it about your identity? About our identity. Um, it was very fascinating because we had like a formula that we could follow. I actually started by following that formula for like the first line and kind of derailed it. Okay. It was very. It was a very. It's a very fascinating poem. I have to edit it a bit, but I actually am very proud of it. So. So you turn it in when? This week? Oh, well, you're, you're doing school online now or are you going to the physical school? We're in um, we're in person now. Oh, nice. How you like it? Oh, it's all right. Okay. Everybody's distancing themselves, Shanti. Mostly, yeah. <laughs> what about um, break when it's lunch break, lunchtime? How does that work? It's sometimes difficult. Um, we try to spread it out. It's a little more like, it's a little, it's more normal than it was in seventh grade. Right now I'm in eighth grade. Uh, mostly I just, I don't sit with a large group of kids. I sit with two other people. We try to kind of distance ourselves. So it's sometimes hard, but yeah, we've all been doing pretty well. That's good. So when did you develop your love for writing? Like what, what was that age when you were like, I love to write? The earliest age I can pinpoint is probably around five years old in first grade. How old and are you now again? I'm 14. I'm in eighth grade. You remember five? I do, yeah. I was around <laughs> okay. five or six, yeah. And I wrote this story 
and it was called the cat and the love because those were the only words i knew how to spell and it has a plot surprisingly it makes sense and i did it during free choice time it was mostly just scribbles because i couldn't really handwrite things well actually i still can't i have horrible handwriting um but it kind of made me realize that i liked writing i think i did that was actually that's just the first writing kind of thing i remember i remember like writing like scribbles and stuff in kindergarten and preschool but those weren't actual completed stories uh-huh. um that was the first like completed i mean book yeah. um and then over the years i kind of kept rewriting that one i wrote some little other little booklets and stuff i actually just found one called strider in the two worlds it's about my cats nice. and it's about um fantasy worlds and it's definitely based off of something i read i just can't figure out what and like throughout like that kind of time i kind of developed this love for writing i didn't actually start writing a book until the sixth grade so who said shanti you should write a book i'm not i feel like actually i gotta say my parents um there are multiple times they're like you should write a book i can think about in fourth grade when um i was getting i was kind of getting bullied in fourth grade and it was a kind of sad time and they were like wait you could write a book about it i actually did i lost it i think i i just i lost it at some point so wait I don't a know minute if the bullet if the bullet if the bully mm-hmm. was in fourth grade with you is that bully still in school with you oh goodness no i've um switched okay. schools since then okay. i actually moved i moved to another city so oh great we got rid of that bully yeah. so now in your school now is there any bullies i mean bullies are you know bullies come in all ages you know what i mean adults are bullies too so do you have any you facing any bullying in your new school well yeah uh, in sixth grade we there was um it's i wrote an entire book about it it was that bad i didn't oh, publish hold it. it up hold it up you won't know her name and it's actually my most popular book um by a landslide and it's about the bullying i faced in sixth grade with different people in different school and it's um about me and my sister and it's um well this book is very it's actually a very kind of disturbing book uh it's done better than all of my other books by an insane margin so it's like wow. i think over half of all of my book sales come from this book wow so in other words, they get that book and then they start to look and say, wow, this is an author. Let me get her other book. So I call that piggybacking off of, right? Yeah. They piggyback off of one another. So listen, you've written how many books again? 14. Wow. And are you working on any books presently? I'm currently working on my 15th book, which is another dystopian novel, and my 16th book, which is another poetry collection. So now let's let's take it back. The first book, I think, what is it? The Biome? Yeah, Biome Walk is my first novel. I wrote that, um, I was in the sixth grade when I started writing it. I had written two novellas prior. I kind of called them children's books. Novellas, I don't even have them in the room with me. I don't like them. Um, They're just, they kind of, they were the first things I actually published. They were my first published work. And they kind of paved the way to Biome Walk, which is my first novel. And I kind of more so counted as my first book. And Biome Walk is an, a, it's an alien invasion novel. And originally, actually, it was going to be another novella. And maybe I was going to publish it if I liked it. However, um, it was right in the middle of the pandemic. And I had all this time on my hands. And I kept writing and writing. And it grew so long. It was 800 pages long and 250,000 words. Wait a minute. Hold that book up audience listen you have any teenagers at home they have to buy these books and you so the two characters it's a it's a guy and a girl Mm -hmm. are they brother and sister yeah does this book kind of feel like um i'm trying to remember that 
um, ser- it's not a series. It was a, a show with the brother and sister. The parents were spies. The kids were spies. They had thumb thumbs. I'm naming all characters. There were thumb thumbs. Um, I can't remember, but um, wow, that looks very interesting. Is um, but yeah, now it's actually a four book series. This this book was split into three separate books because it's so long you can't even publish it. This is the only 800 page edition of it. Wow. So tell me about the second book. So the second book is the continuation of the first book. And the second book is actually, I think, my least favorite in the series. You know, a lot of trilogies have a kind of more dragging middle. And I kind of feel that perhaps that's um, how this one is, although it's still very exciting and very interesting. Um, The third book in the series is called Biome's End. And it's my favorite one in the entire series. It was like, it was like when everything got really fun to write when it was originally one book and that's when I like breezed through it and I was having so much fun and that's what that entire third book is. In the fourth book I actually wrote um in the um last summer as kind of a like you know I want to write another Biomock book and that fourth Uh. book is called Biomes Resurrect and actually takes place after the end because I guess Uh, things aren't really over yet. You have a full movie there. You have a full series. Yeah. Who did your cover work? Who did the cover work? So for this one, it was a cover designer somewhere in the U.S. I actually don't remember where. Uh-huh. And um, I have covered, I have different cover designers for all my different books. Um, this one was done by another really cool cover designer. I'm trying to remember the names. And, I and think, but yeah. I think whoever that cover designer is, they've done a lot of work, right? Oh yeah. Because, you know, um, cover designers are just like writers. They have their own little way about them where you know, like this is a Shanti Persian book. You know what I mean? So tell me about the next book. So then, um, Biomes Resurrect is the, yeah, it's the last one. one, right? Yeah, and I ought to write a fifth and a sixth one, probably. Okay. I've just been kind of lazy. I haven't even edited Biomes Resurrect. The other books um, in the Biomlock series have had at least, like, one kind of round of editing. Uh, Biomes Resurrect you, hasn't. Do you edit yourself, or do you pay for an editor? Um, sort of. So first, I do go through and I try to edit them as much as possible. I have to admit, I'm not that great of an editor. And then I have someone else edit them after. Because I am, I have to admit, editing is very hard. It's why I yes, actually have to um, kind of take a break from these books once I finish them. Because what happens is I'll finish them really quickly, particularly um, The Axel Insurgent, which I finished this book. This is a 350-page novel. And I finished um, writing it in 16 days. And I could not think of anything to change whatsoever. So you have an active imagination, don't you? I do. Wow. So now, a lot of your books, are they about alien invasions? The majority of them? A lot of them, yeah, are like science fiction. Biolock's about alien invasion. The Axel Insurgent is about like a post-apocalyptic future. Another book, I don't have it. It's all the way over there, and it's not out yet. It's called okay. The God's Right Hand, and it's about of a futuristic civil war. It's called what? Robots. The God's Right Hand. Okay. And, um... I also write in paranormal fantasy and, of course, poetry. <laughs> wow, so poetry, you just hopped on a bandwagon, right? Kind of. I've been kind of, I've been into poetry for a few years. I remember I wrote poems in, like, fourth grade. However, I do think it really took off um, when I used to, I used to have to write poems, you know, for writing projects, and I ended up writing a whole poetry book and another poetry book, <laughs> and I'm writing another hold one right now. Hold it up. Let me see. I want the audience to look at these books. Fourteen, guys. Wow. So, okay. These are both poetry books. Yeah, and these are both connected. Okay. There's a part one and part two, basically. Are kind your of. poems sporadic? Are the top, or do your poems coincide with one another? Like a sort full of. story? Okay. 
So this one, um, as a novel told in poetry, it's told in kind of this sort of poetic fo format where it's like, you could actually kind of put add commas and, you know, it, like kind of edit it so it could be like a full length kind of story. Um, it's very much this weird kind of poetry where actually if you want, I can read a poem from it. Please do. So this is the first poem in You Won't Know Her Name. There lives a little girl whom you will never learn the name of, but she exists. She's real in these pages. Her features you may never learn, but you can know one thing. She's a survivor, or she thinks she is. She thinks she's faced the worst storm, but that's a lie, and things are only calm because a deadly hurricane is coming. Wow. And that's all from your heart. Yeah. And then all the poems are in kind of that format. Um, the other poetry book, which is a this is a collection of poems that I've written while writing before, after, during, and after writing this book. So they're just my own personal thoughts. And some of these are spoken word poems. Others aren't. Um, others are all, they're all, this one's very much like varies in kind of the, uh, like the style. Can you add a okay. style to that one? I can, I can read one of the poems from here. Cause I, I perform um, spoken word poetry. Uh, so I can music? actually perform one of these. Is it with the music? Oh, I do have some, I do, I do have music to some of these, actually. And you know they're supposed to clap like this, right? Yeah. You know that? Yeah. <laughs> okay, let's, I want to hear it. Put so do you want to hear, um, I have two poems one. that I often perform. You want me to do both, or do you want me to um, perform Needles do and Thorns both. or Silence? Do okay. what you feel. This is your moment. You can do both. And these are about um, bullying in middle school. So they're kind of dark, some of them aren't, but they're really good. Okay, let's go. Okay. These people don't listen. No, they refuse to hear. My cries for help. They were suffocated in fear. We're drawn with work, a transition that hurts. Well, instead, the care for others, it's nowhere to be found. It's been going on all my life, but school changes, it transforms. From conflict to hatred, from telling to dying, I see people crying. And the things they say, it sticks to me like the needles of a cactus. But maybe things are more horrifying than they seem, and it all feels like a bad dream. And who said it just middle school? Because if it all is, I don't want any part of this. It's a story intertwined as they say it's all awful. Something from the movies until it's all real and words pile up like thorns in the desert spoken from one person to another until they pile up and draw blood forcing us all to wonder why do we go to middle school just suffer when this is what it's like with bullies and peer pressure and assignments that feel endless until i want to drop them in a deep crevice but work drives the least of my worries it's the cries i wonder about making me think does my voice count because these people don't listen no they refuse to hear that i can't see a future that's not shrouded in fear and i actually wrote this for a school project in seventh grade <laughs> Wow, and did you have to stand up and read it? Or was it just graded uh, by the teacher? They played a recording of it at our exhibition. So uh, a lot of parents heard that one. Did they like it? Yeah, I think so, yeah. Wow, I'll tell you something. Um, bullying, I, everybody had a bully. That's something you have in common with everyone. And I don't know what it is about middle school. <laughs> everybody yeah, it's drunk. like, it's a major problem, I think. Yeah. You know, everyone's just, yeah. It's like, I've been trying to make a change, particularly in my school, because I feel that we need to have a better kind of culture in middle school than we do. Mm-hmm. Maybe the bullies need a job. Like, a bully would be good to be the hallway monitor sometimes. You know what I mean? Yeah. So maybe, you know, if you make the bully busy, they may not have time to bully. Let me hear the other one. So this one I wrote um, because I got invited to an open mic night and oh. then completely panicked because I didn't have a poem. And it's about the same topic, but it's, it's a very fun poem. Wait, did so. you memorize every poem? Uh, almost. I've memorized pretty much half of the poems in this book. I'm reading it from it right now because it's been a while since I practiced. But I often will record my poems and I'll like practice them a lot just to kind of keep myself busy. But yeah, this one is called Silence and it's pretty fun. Okay. 
Okay. After almost a year of quiet, of protection, I have only one question. What does silence do in a world where we were born to speak? Silence feels like a whisper telling me to hush. Silence is a garden. I fear I'm the prisoner. Silence is the murder of democracy and freedom. I'm told to be silent, that I don't have a voice, but I'm talking right now, aren't I? I hear things that have happened in places that are labeled safe, and friends turn on each other, burning hatred throughout a school that is slowly falling apart. Because even though we are taught to speak up, we are told to stay silent and stop spreading gossip. I think this community has finally lost it. Because now we're all drowning in an endless sea, a sea called silence. And I refuse to let the dire struggles of today be silenced and sent away in return for a hopeless tomorrow. But when I want to speak up and make word of a problem, I'm told, sit down, child, it's not of your concern. But I don't understand what is so poisonous about my words, or has silence been the poison poison all along because my words feel powerful and driven and they seem hidden in plain sight staying silent never did anything why then for my voice must i fight and despite its connection to a story that isn't real it's bound to me and how i feel because i know i have a voice and that silence is a useless choice because it does nothing in a world where each individual was born to share their mind wow that's phenomenal i am i am so proud of you I mean, you're doing things that adults are doing, or a lot of adults couldn't even do, you know, do that. That's that's a lot. So do do ideas flow off of your brain sometimes? Like you could be in the kitchen drinking orange juice and then something just, the words are there and do you carry a little pad so you can write it down or? I kind of do, yeah. I will. Yeah, I'll get ideas randomly. I'll have some times where I'll like have to wake up in the middle of the night to go write down an idea or a new poem that I just thought of. Even yes. in my school notebook, I, I'm very sad because I actually lost one of my school notebooks. I don't know, it's somewhere around the house. But I used to, I write sometimes short stories and poems in there. And always I'll try to have my phone with me so I can always write an idea in my notebook. I have probably hundreds of, of ideas for books written down and each individual book I'm whenever I'm writing a book I'll always have a bunch of ideas and I'll always write them down and one of my documents is actually getting very long and I just I use them generally a lot of my ideas actually are too great they're just random stuff I want to happen in a book but I'll always have to wake up in the middle of the night to write them I'll always think of something new but honestly it is like probably one of the like more more organized things I do wow does your sister you mentioned you had a sister is that your only sibling? Yeah. Does she like to read? Is she a reader, a writer? She's definitely an avid reader. She doesn't write as much as she reads, but she does love to read. Oh, that's very good. At what age were you reading? Two? Three. I'm guessing three. I knew yeah. it had to be like, and you would read a lot of books, right? Yeah, I um, I, rem- I vaguely remember um, reading for the first time. It was like a Disney princess book and I was reading. I learned to read at three years old. Wow. Did you ever hear this before? Um, did you ever hear this saying, whenever you want to go anywhere in the world, hit a book. Because a book <laughs> is the only thing that can take you places. It can take, you can say, I'm going to Paris right now. Get your book on Paris. And you're there. Right? Because you put yourself in the, 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 the book while you're reading it. Yeah. This is so great. So do you have a best friend? Like, you have any best friends? Yeah, I do. Do they read? Do they they really look up to you, don't they? Mm-hmm. They do read sometimes, yeah. I don't think they I don't know if they read as much as me or not, but they do read a lot. Do do people read your book? Like your friends say, Oh, I'm gonna read your book. They do. Um one of my friends actually um was reading You Won't Know Her Name during class. It was very funny. Oh really? That that yeah. seemed like that would be a really nice book to have in the schools. Have you given your book to any of your teachers? 
I actually haven't. I've been keeping this book under the radar. I'm pretty sure everyone knows I wrote a book about I'm, I'm just known as the kid who wrote and published a book about our school. It's like, I'm pretty sure everyone knows at this point. I actually have heard from two different people that my books are in their school library. And you know, <gasps> some one of them had you under her name in Biomlock, and the other one had you under her name in Zyle Delane. <gasps> Let me see that book on the other side. I like so, that. Um, this is a part of my um, paranormal fantasy kind of horror-ish um, novella series. First book is The Nightmare of Zyle Delane, then The Curse of Zyle Delane, and The Ruination of Zyle Delane. And I wrote these while I was writing Biomlock and like in the time when I wasn't editing. And this one, that, this one and the second one actually both public, were published before the first Biomlock one was. So those are bird wings on each page and the feather on the other. Yes. Ah, nice. So those books are basically about what? Um, they're about like ghosts okay. and this like kind of creepy magician dude. It's really interesting. <laughs> wow. And you just, I mean, all of these ideas just flow through your mind. Now, let me ask you another question. Do you watch a lot of TV? No, right? I sometimes do. It depends. I think I read more than I watch television. Okay. I am watching a really good show with my dad right now. Okay. And, yeah. What's the show? Uh, Invasion. <laughs> it's so good. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, this is so nice. I am so, so proud of you. Do you do you ever congratulate yourself? Sometimes, yeah. Sometimes I don't even like kind of realize that like I'm like I don't register this as something that's like unusual. Okay. I just think it's like normal. Like I I feel like every teenager right. writes a book at some point. You know what? You're humble. And that's that's what your parents are teaching you. That's a that's a very, very good, you know, way to be with life i i mean i'm amazed and all of the books are great so you do you when you write your series so i you have book one your your book ends the next book that goes straight into the next book is a continuation or do you place the last page into the next book so the person can remember um, usually my books start off right where they left off, but I don't usually have much kind of, actually sometimes I do end up rewriting the scene, but like okay. the very end of it, actually so all your, of my series, yeah. No, for your books though, mm -hmm. I definitely have to, I can't buy book two. I definitely have to buy book one, book two, then book three. Yes, 100%. That's how it should be when it's a series, yeah. right? So, yeah, so Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. I'm oh, so I um, <laughs> I consider all of my books to be um, all my series at least to be serialized, where they end on cliffhangers. Especially these are like these are literally serials. They're short. They end on a massive cliffhanger, and then they pick up right where they left off, and then they keep going until the end. Same with Biomlock, actually, where it has this. I feel like Biomlock would probably be better as one novel. However, it's too long to publish. Um, same with Zyle, though. At some point, I'm actually going to publish the whole Zyle of the Lane series as one box set. Um. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So when you say too long to publish, is there a limit? Um, for self-publishing, the limit is around uh, 742 pages. Of course, an 800-page novel doesn't work. <laughs> um, also, because publishers won't take a novel usually above 100,000 words, this was 250,000 words. So that kind of oh. um, took away my dreams of being traditionally published. <laughs> but so um, you, you type, you type it, you type yeah. it with your life. Wow. So how many words can you type in a minute? <laughs> hmm. I counted. It you was did. not fifty words per minute. It might have been fifty words per minute. I think. Did you ever do that little free test? It's a free test. You can do the little free typing test. I think wow. so. This is so interesting for me. You know, to me.
I'm proud of you. I have to say that again. So are those all the books you've written? Because we said it was 14. Did we cover 14? Uh, I don't have some of them printed, but um, actually I have a couple more books all the way across the room. I just, I have, I have Biome Blackout, which is the other Biome Lock book, and I have Biome Zen, just my proof, so they don't have covers yet. They're just these kind of, they have covers I made. And I have The God's Right Hand, which is actually going to be my next release. And I don't actually have, I just, I just designed a mock cover for that one. And then, let's see, is there anything I have over there that actually is published? There isn't. And then my other books, um, I have the other, the two Odyssey books, which are the first books everyone in sixth grade. I, I usually don't bring them because I don't like them. <laughs> so, so are any of, like, you said some of fantasy books, did you? Did you have yeah. a fantasy book? Okay. Um, your characters for Bime Lock. Did they stay the same age? Because we're talking about a series, of, you know what I mean? They don't. Um, in the first two books, I'd say um, they're they're all they're all. Most of the characters are thirteen. I think I have one that's like sixteen or something. And so in the first book, they're thirteen. In the second one, they're also thirteen. I say they've turned fourteen by the um, third book, and they so everyone's aged up a year by the third book. And then in the fourth book, um, they're fifteen. Really nice. I love this. So you know I have to purchase your book. <laughs> my audience, please tell my audience where they can purchase your book. So all my books are available on Amazon.com. Um, you can check my website. I should have all of my books up on my website. I'm kind of lazy and sometimes forget to update it. So um, but my website is shantihershenson.com. S-H-A-N-T-I-H-E-R-S-H-E-N-S-O-N.com. You can also find me on Instagram and TikTok and Twitter, though I don't really do so much on Twitter oh. because I retweet things about myself. Wait a minute. So you, you go on TikTok and you do the little dance? I make videos of my books, yeah. You do the dances? I have to go see that to check that out. I haven't done a TikTok dance in like years. But yeah, I do. I make a lot of TikToks about my books. TikTok has actually been the most helpful marketing thing. Really? I'm, a, I'm so close to 18,000 followers. Wow. So when you make them, you hold your book up and talk about it? Um, sometimes I'll make different videos where maybe I'll be flipping through my books and giving, I often like to give writing tips. Right now, I'm actually, I've been filming a video all day where it's like a day in the life of a teen author and I've been kind of showing all the stuff I do. Nice. Great idea. I wish you the best of luck. So if there are some teenagers out there, right? And they're, they're looking and they're like, oh man, I want to do what Shanti's doing. What would be your advice to them to get started? Don't wait until like you're older. I know a lot of people are, are like, well, I'm too young to write a book. I can't do it. I'm not good enough. I'm not a good writer. Ditch that mindset. You're not going to be, a, you're not going to improve on your writing if you don't actually write every day. Honestly, just start writing your book. It doesn't matter if you finish or not. Just start writing and your writing will improve drastically. If you take a look at the first page of Biolock, um, compared to the last page, it's insane. It doesn't even seem wow. like it's written from the same person. Wow. It's just the progress that like is made is just phenomenal. I don't even think I was a I don't think I was a good writer when I first started writing my books. My writing was average at best. Now my writing is more really good. I think. Wow, really? I can't wait to read it. And I just I love this. You keep on doing what you're doing. Don't <laughs> stop until you're a household name for all the teenagers. You know what I mean? And adults too. Yeah. Thank you so much for interviewing for my show. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, and I'm proud of you. Again, I had to tell you that. And you keep on moving, keep on moving forward. Thank, Thank you. you. <laughs> Bye, sweetheart. Bye.
Bye-bye. Thank you. You're welcome.